Welcome to Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. Woo! We're the podcast where we talk about gay stuff and discuss LGBTQ plus history. We are Thomas. Kendall. And it's just us two. Kendall. Well, don't look so sad about it. I'm just saying. There's no uh, there's no guests, so we just want to set expectations with the... Uh, we had a nice roll of... So uh, you're, what you're saying is we're not going to have a third like we th- occasionally did when I mean, we were um, formally together. Formally together. I, <laughs> inviting it to... You know, they say uh, you know, two's a crowd and three's company. Is that the saying? I think so. <laughs> That's what I understood the saying to be. That's why I thought it was acceptable. But anyways, this week we're going to discuss One Ink versus Olsen. And we're also discussing the Hollywood legend, uh, Hattie McDaniels. Hattie? Hattie. 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 Hattie McDaniels. Um, yeah, well, that's uh, that's uh, it'll be good. Uh, this is also, uh, I was inclined to talk about Hattie just because um, it is the the kickoff to Women's History Month in March, and so why not talk about a woman topic? You know, so I love some Hattie. Yeah, Hattie's good. And yeah, we'll find out and why. Some we're <laughs> is that your slang bang? Is that your segue to a slang bang? <laughs> no. Hey, before we Well, do now th- that we've talked about it, though, oh, we'll now ahead. that you've brought it up, I mean, Scat, that's might your- as well make it a slang bang. Slang bang. Slang bang. Just because you didn't do a bonus edition. Oh, a bonus edition. Tell us what scat is. Uh, isn't that. Um, Being into defecation in the bed. Yeah, the poo poo. Which you were also into when we dated. <laughs> That's not true. Um, but isn't that but just. It just happened. Isn't that just then. like just doing anal sex? Like that's just part of the. Uh, comes with the territory? It's a party favor. <laughs> if you're lucky, right? But I guess if you're really into scat, then you are. We call it trick or treating. Uh, in Louisiana, trick or treat, because <laughs> you want those good Snickers, <laughs> the kind with the nuts. Stop! Very inappropriate. We're starting off with a bang, uh, right into scat, everybody. <laughs> bang so, a squirt. If you want to keep on listening, uh, good luck to you. <laughs> but we encourage you too, because we've got some good topics. Uh, so um, yeah, uh, before we get into it too much, uh, how about we talk about our friends at Baked Buns? A recent Gallup poll shows that Americans have reported feeling stress, worries, anger, uh, stress, worry, and anger at the highest levels in over a decade. And while we're growing more and more aware of the effects of stress on our bodies and minds. We may not have considered the effects that our stress can have on our pets. According to a 2019 study, there is a synchronization between stress hormones in their humans and, and, and humans and their dogs. I wonder what a 2020 study would say on a side note, just because you know, we, there was a, a lot of depressed dogs. Well, yeah, well, there was a rampant, uh, um, I wouldn't say purchase, but acquisition of you know dogs uh, during the pandemic because everyone was home and like, I need a friend. Anyway, so we'll have to uh, talk to our Baked Bones folks to see what the study they found there. If you're a dog parent, you probably know that your pup is very good at reading your body language and can quickly pick up on how you're feeling, which may explain why Kennedy's always a nervous wreck. We're always working to reduce our own stress in any way we can, but what about the anxiety we may have passed on to our dogs? Luckily for Kennedy, we have this thing called Baked Bones because they have the solution. CBD has been thrown to help, has been shown to help reduce stress and anxiety in both humans and dogs, and Baked Bones has your dog covered, made from organic, human-grade ingredients, and full-spectrum hemp oil their bones may offer some relief to your anxious pup you can check out bakedbones.com for more information on cbd for dogs and the benefits it may provide baked bones offers free shipping on all orders over 25 dollars and can save 15 percent using the promo gay stuff 15 that's g-a-y-s-t-u-f-f-1-5 baked bones is lgbtq owned and operated and is based in houston texas Baked Bones is now available in Man Radio Mercantile, which is a store based in Houston and in Austin. And Baked Bones proudly donates 10% of all their profits to no-kill shelters in the uh-huh. U.S. There you go. Oh, 
Heck, that was too soon. Like when we were, uh, no, that was, never mind. Baked bones, baked dogs, happy. Well, you know who needs baked bones? Lady Gaga's dogs. Because they got stolen? Isn't that so sad? And it's all up on my time feed. Did they get stolen? My Facebook feed, and I have to just scroll past it really fast. And I think she's in um, Italy filming a movie. And then her dog walker in the U.S., L.A., I'm assuming, who's also her friend, they was shot four times and they stole two out of three dogs. That's crazy. The little French bulldogs that she loves. That's so horrifying. I wonder if they did it because of Gaga or bulldogs. Because there was a here in this in the down the street from where we live, here, down the street from the Ben Wynn Studios, uh, we uh, there was a, a reporting on through uh, next door next door buddies um, no next door what's it called next door grinder. Uh, yes, uh, there was a reporting that uh, someone got mugged and their dog got stolen. It happened <gasps> to be a bulldog. Yeah, those they were really... held at gunpoint oh. and chased to their house, and then their dog was stolen. Those dogs are getting more action than a lot of gays I know. Attention, <laughs> I should say. Yes. Well, maybe you should dress up in a bulldog outfit and well, I have one. There you go. That is that pump mask you always trying to buy, and I was like, no. Now you finally found a partner that will let you do that so that's good um i do have fleas you have fleas well they have they have shampoos for that that's what i call my scabies i was like that's called crabs but you can call them fleas no that's just my fleas (laughs) y'all all right uh what's been going on this week anything exciting fun besides your fleas your flea bath i don't know is there um well i have heard you know we had a 24-hour scandal in the gay toy world, and I don't mean your dildos, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my. Um, Did uh, the men.com come up with a new model? Well, no. I mean, my nickname new pocket pussy. in uh, elementary school was Miss Potato Head. <laughs> <laughs> that was your name? Yeah. That's not surprising. Mom says it's so big because I have a big brain. <laughs> but uh, apparently Hasbro, the maker of Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, uh, tweeted that because of changing times and the growing definition of families, yada yada, uh, we will no longer. It's pretty much they made the world think there's going to be a gender neutral Mr. Potato Head would no longer be Mr. Potato Head, he'd just be Potato. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day they clear, and there was a lot of backlash, of course, from the conservative freak out people, the traditionalists, right? Um, but today they clarified that no, there's going to be a third potato. A Another third. third. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that will be gender neutral. Uh, I do think that's probably more because I was listening to that uh, news article on the on the radio. News article on the radio. Yeah, that news story okay. on the radio. I'm suddenly and, not believing it. The uh, story doesn't no. sound very real. But uh, I, my initial reaction was like, huh. And then I was like, then I had to like, there's, I think, two reactions. Um, there's the, I think, I don't know, most people, but my, I feel like a majority of the country would be like, that's crazy. I grew up with, you know, Mr. Potato Head. Like, why would they change that? And then there's the like the woke reaction, which is like, wait a minute. No, I should be open to this. And this is good. We were, you know, we should be. And then I had another reaction where like, well, if we're really promoting like gender identity, you can identify just because you just because there are non-binary people, 
um, doesn't mean you don't have also people who identify as men and women. And I know that's a privilege uh, that you can feel comfortable identifying that and you have identified that with your whole life. But I still think we should have Mr. and Mrs. and then your gender neutral potato. Or there's a fourth option and it's just it's a damn potato toy. <laughs> we, Call it whatever you want to. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what the gender neutral people are trying to Because you know what most of those guys are doing with that potato. What anyway. are they doing with that potato? Is this a Richard Gere uh, story? <laughs> oh, the hamster? Yeah. No. Is that real? I don't know. We haven't seen that hamster since. <laughs> so for everyone who's, first of all, I feel like we have to explain as if our viewers are young. Is this your slang? Viewers? Uh, it's like you're reading the new, re- wait, what? <laughs> listening to the articles or whatever you called it. Yes. I to the radio to the articles. articles. Richard Gere, uh, apparently, back in the 90s, um, put a gerbil up at his butt and it died. And that was an urban legend, maybe. And there was a rumor that he was gay. And the rumor was so prevalent, he was dating Cindy Crawford at the time, that they uh, took out a full-page ad in, I think it was the New York Times. It's a reputable newspaper. You probably watch newspapers, huh, since you listen to the articles. I do. <laughs> on the radio. I'm watching. <laughs> but took out a full-page ad uh saying i'm not gay he did yeah all because of the gerbil up his butt rumor which made automatically made me assume that he was gay and you put a gerbil up his butt if you yeah. paid for a new york time i mean i still look ad. at him today and i'm like gerbil up the butt and i still wonder how that happens i don't know how big was the gerbil did it fit what does it feel like that's a scratching like why would you do that to a poor animal i don't know i mean that's one thing to put a, a any inanimate object or a penis or a fist up your but it's like a poor gerbil, unsuspecting gerbil. Like that seems a bit extreme. Was it even consensual? Well, that's the that's the real that's the real story. So um, keep they potato <laughs> they potato away from Richard Gere. Yes. So he does not have to get a full paid ad out. Ad out. He's not dating Potato Head. Mm-mm. I mean, it kind of like we just let's just call it Potato Head. I mean, that's what, like you said, that's what you got called in in high school, right? Hey, what's up, Potato Head? Yeah, because <laughs> I was a spud. <laughs> not a spud, but a not a stud, but a spud. Well, I had a lisp, so I th- thought they were saying stud, mm. but it was spud. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Well, better days ahead, hopefully. Uh, in, in other news, the Equality Act was passed by the U.S. House of Representatives. That was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're up to speed on that, that uh, basically eliminates discrimination in terms of health care or employment, which the Supreme Court passed or ruled on a, a case uh, in 2020, uh, the summer of 2020, saying you, you know employers can't discriminate uh, based on sexual orientation or gender identity for employment purposes. Uh, but the Equality Act goes a step further, saying, hey, this, you know, it's law and can't be overturned notionally by the Supreme Court. It also is, it goes further, and, and like I said, it, it extends uh, protections for LGBTQ uh, people for, in terms of health care. So not, you can't be discriminated against uh, in terms of health care, housing, lending, and jury duty, among other things. So it goes above and beyond. I, I want to say above and beyond. Uh, it puts us in equal playing field with uh, the rest of America. Well, Richard Gere could have used that when he went to the ER. Yeah, he wouldn't have had to be, you know, rumored about. I mean, for the vet, just, for that hamster. You think he went to the vet or the doctor? Anyone that would have helped him in that moment of crisis. No, that's really good for the Equality Act. Yeah. I'm actually surprised. I didn't even know it was on the 
the radar. I saw the article saying that it was passed in the House. No, the House, because it's uh, Nancy Pelosi's realm, <laughs> and she runs that House, I'll tell you that right now, is that uh, they can pass anything, really, with the... Well, and they did in 2019. I mean, the Equality Act has already been... It's historic in the sense because it actually has a chance of passing. You have a president who will sign in. But it was right. passed in 2019, and the Senate never picked it up. Yeah, by the and house. that was just a political thing to pass it in 2019. Of course, they wanted Trump to sign it, but right, McConnell. that was not going to happen. Um, but there is a chance in the Senate. It's technically 50-50, and uh, Kamala Harris can vote on it to be the tiebreaker. But there are a couple Democrats in the Senate that are conservative. One of them is bisexual. Yeah. Yeah, Kristen yeah. Cinema. Yeah, we talked about her early on in our podcast. Who uh, wore, a, who's also in the news for presiding over the Senate um, in a T-shirt that said "Dangerous Creature." Did you see that? Mm-mm. Yeah. Got to watch out for those bisexuals. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, uh, I mean, she's because I, I think the Dems. I mean, I don't see why she would vote against it. Uh, even though she's from Arizona. No, I mean, Joe Manchin from West Virginia would be the most likely. But I don't even, I mean, you need, the, the challenge with the Senate, this is why it's not a slam dunk, even though the Democrats basically have the tie-breaking vote in the Senate, is that um, you have to get 60 votes to make sure that it's filibuster-proof. So you need uh, at least 10 Republicans uh, to come on board with you. And uh don't know if the votes are there. Oh, that's right. The 50 is only for budget-related. Right. Oh. Well, dang. So that's why it's like, oh, we're excited. But again, it was passed into 2019 when the uh, the Dems got control of the House again. But it was kind of dead on arrival of the Senate because again, McConnell would have never picked it up. And Trump well, wasn't who knows? Because the Republicans in Congress are still very much anti-gay. They might call it something else. But just this week, Marjorie Taylor Greene She's put in the that, House. Yeah, that sign outside of her office that said uh, there are only two genders. Yeah. In response to the congresswoman across the hall who put a trans pride flag out, who has a trans, I don't know if it's daughter or son, I just know a, a trans child, um, which how cruel is that? Yeah. Not only are you being anti-trans, but you're doing it to a parent of a trans child. Right. Anyway. And then you have Rand Paul, who in the hearing of... Do you know, oh yeah, that? it was uh, Dr. Rachel Levine who we talked about before. Like she was going to be nominated uh, for uh, assistant uh, um, health HHS, secretary, uh, health and human services. Yeah, health and human services assistant secretary for health health and human services. And uh, so now she's been officially nominated. She's gone through a Senate confirmation hearing, and then to your point, she was getting grilled by um, this senator from Kentucky, the other one we despise, Rand Paul. Yeah, who, what did he say? Are you, he asked about um, trans health and said, are you for genital mutilation? Right. Which is what the, 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 I mean, because they're starting to Which rally. Which is what he's calling trans. Well, it's not just him. It's the it's the Republicans in general. They're starting to crystallize around. Like, what are our talking points? Because, you know, we can't pass uh-huh. this as Republicans. Uh, and so. It's about the children. So they're saying, are you in favor of mutilating uh, children, right? It's so and also cutting the breast off, right? Which the the which go ahead. And of course, he said in a very dramatic tone, right. "Are you or are you not for mutilating the genitals of children?" Right. Which mutilating the gen- you think of the uh, the, the the what is that uh, the. 
the cutting of the clitoris or the sewing it up in the in, what mm-hmm. they do in like African countries to preserve the, the I forget ver- the name the, but the, um, yeah that's well it's female circumcision right and so I mean that's and against your will that sort of stuff that is that's what they're they're calling it well he was insinuating if not flat out saying that parents are choosing to change the gender of their right children against their will i guess or maybe they have a preference and uh but that i I saw a house rep saying the same thing it's just like you know you can go to jail parents if you you know for for not uh mutilating your kids uh uh, genitals and you know what is the world coming to that's this is the argument so which there will always be bigots like that always until humanity ends on this earth there will always be bigots like that which is why we need laws to protect I'm not here to change anyone's mind about, I don't care about your religion. Okay, your religion says I'm gay and I'm going to hell. Fine, I don't even believe in hell. That's that's on you. Right. You hate me in the safety of your home. I do not care. But the law should not penalize me and discriminate against me based on my sexuality. Yeah. Or gender Or identity. gender, yes. Because it is two different things, right? I mean, I, Which I, is why the Equality Act is important. Yeah, and so when you have a prominent Republican from... You know, senator from Kentucky, mm-hmm. you know, again, uh, distilling it down basically to child mutilation. The other thing the Republicans are doing on, on this is it's, uh, oh, it, it, they're all of a sudden they've found science and there's only two genders. And so that's another. That's just point their talking report. Remember the bathroom? They were all freaking out about bathrooms. And they had, and, you know, there's some bathroom talk. It's not as much because so now they're trying to. Because that didn't work. They're trying to. And so the other argument is it's. Uh, know equality for women uh when you put trans you know it's it's these uh trying to take advantage of of sports uh yes that's the other thing they're hung up on now too is that um the horror that a what they say is a little boy claiming to be a girl right so that they can win sports and what about how unfair is that to the ones that were born girls it's like this is so stupid yeah you think that's what the trans you know woman is doing she's putting her body through all of that the humiliation that she has right to which is the their argument for um the so-called bathroom bills like even here locally in houston it did not pass um allowing transgender individuals to go in the bathroom that they choose in other words that's the gender they identify with, they're presenting as choosing the restroom that corresponds to that. Uh, that's illegal here in Houston. Right. Because they said men will dress up in a dress just to rape you in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, you need a bathroom to rape people. Right. Men be raping people every day. Yeah. It and that's to... a straight issue. Right. But no, they're trying to make it a, a an LGBT issue. And again, it's going back to fear mongering and the, the fact that they're again have found science and that there's only two because again they deny science in terms of um, this pandemic they deny science in terms of um, uh, climate science right and now it's like well there's only two genders and then for them to be pro women all of a sudden you know women's rights they have a right to be competitive it's just like oh now but you still want them to stay home you don't want them yeah to what have is the that right because that's a new I. I keep hearing the Equality Act is against women's rights. What does yeah. that mean? Well, it's like, again, the sports. So you get a male sport. You know, okay, so that's what they're going after. Yeah. In the bathroom and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's, it's, not, the, it's not the bathroom. It's more of the sports. It's the, you know, the, they have a superior, a trans woman has a superior makeup to a, a, uh, a cisgender woman, right? Because you've been born with some um, male hormones, and so you may perform 
you may be stronger, you may be faster, uh, and so you're you know you're disadvantaging people, women who were born as women, um, and so um, so that's what they're they're citing. So it's like it's making it's creating an unlevel playing field for sports and other activities where that are predominantly filled by women. Well, the good news is, um, because. A lot of times the... But can I just say this? You don't even want to fund women's sports. You don't want them to compete in sports. You don't want them... You know what I mean? They wouldn't even pass the Equal Rights Amendment. Right. So what is this nonsense about, like, women? I mean, come on. It's a a fair... But the good news is um, anytime you hear a lot of homophobia, and I'm even going to talk about it in my topic, a lot of homophobia, transphobia, all that kind of stuff, it's in reaction to progress. So they start fearing that, uh oh, these people are getting uppity. These people are thinking, you're getting out of place. I have to put them in their place. But it's because LGBTQ are saying, um, no, I demand rights. I demand the same as you. I demand recognition of um, how I identify. Yeah. Um, so then you have these people act out for political reasons. But a lot of times it's in reaction. So we can say, isn't it horrible? And it is what Rand Paul said to the, in the confirmation hearing. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we have a trans woman in a confirm, a Senate confirmation hearing, which is huge progress. Well, in her response and, to uh, your boy, Buddha judge, Pete Booty. <laughs> Pete Buddha judge. Uh, already got confirmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is a lot of progress, and you just you're always going to hear. I always like it's shining the light, and letting the cockroaches scatter. But it's not easy, which is why you need the Equality Act, so that it's not. I mean, you can't just discriminate on someone because they're gay or mm-hmm. because they're trans. But you know, Dr. Rachel Levine, her confirmation hearing is historic. I mean, and the fact that she, you know, when when uh, Senator Paul wants to uh, basically demean her and say you are you for child mutilation uh, or um, uh, genital mutilation while herself is a trans woman uh, is so offensive. Uh, but, you know, with the fact that she's like, I'm willing to talk to you and explain, you know, yeah, to talk I about think a response was something issue. like trans health is can be a complicated issue. And, and let's I, talk about it. Yeah. And so which is the right response. And so um, and if you're trying to get confirmed, uh, maybe not something you'd have over uh, some drinks. But, uh, you know, if you're trying to get confirmed, you got to say those types of things. Uh, but the fact that she will, you know, is willing to extend her hand and talk to if she gets confirmed, um, senators like two people like Senator Rand Paul, I think is important because then it'll dispel some of that. So the next time, uh, you know, Rachel Levine 2.0 is being confirmed, it's not so much an issue because it's like, oh, we've already seen, we've worked with a trans person. We know and that she'll get confirmed. Yeah. So I think that's amazing. I mean, we talk about Buttigieg, but having a trans person is, 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 truly remarkable uh in in history in the making so joe biden uh president biden i mean again he gets a lot of flack but there there are some strides he's making um at least for our lgbtq community and things are gonna have to change anyway because we were exchanging some texts on uh, uh a, a poll that came out about uh, uh lgbt americans there's like 18 million of us proudly walking and some of us still undercover uh the uh the streets of of america under the covers. 18 million. I mean, that makes sense. So that's 5.6. 17 million of them are Gen Zers? <laughs> Nearly. Uh, most, so when you 
say 18 million what is that that's 5.6 percent of americans um on gen z they they tend to be the the demographic that has the most uh lgbt uh people in their their demographic so it's like so if 5.6 percent of americans identify as lgbt uh then 15 percent of gen z uh identify as lgbt that's crazy. Fifteen, wow. Fifteen percent, one five, uh, compared to. And the, they're young, so a lot of them not even out of the closet. Yeah, uh, that's that's a small window. That's eighteen to twenty-three. I remember uh, people, including my father, the argument for being against same-sex marriage. One of them, which how ridiculous is this? Is as if wait, if everybody gets gay married, humanity dies out because. Nobody's having, nobody's procreating. So the existence of same-sex marriage will end civilization because the human race will die out because, what is that, everyone's forced to marry someone of the same? It's the gay agenda working in in full force. Why can't it just be me, my husband, a couple of hamsters? (laughs) You and your hamster sex. Um... Yeah, but the tides are turning. I mean, you, you have a generation that's coming up, and fifteen percent of them identify as LGBTQ. Um, you know why that is? Because they are most of their, at least in adolescence, this whole conversation of um, non-binary mm-hmm. and bisexual, bisexual, even trans, even asexual. Yeah. Um, polyamory all that kind of stuff is something that no previous generation had really talked about before it wasn't understood so they're able to once you talk about it and give more definitions to it you um people are like yes that's me that's how i feel that's how i couldn't put words to it you forget about some of this stuff because i'm part of the i'm a board member of the greater houston lgbt chamber which we've had tammy wallace on the show before uh and uh recently one of the board members uh her and her wife had a baby and you know tammy's comment comment was like oh this is our first chamber baby and i was like at first i was like oh okay but then you think about it it's like oh that that makes sense. Like there's never probably been another couple, one to get married and two to have a baby. I mean, you couldn't have legally gotten married in the state of Texas until 2015. Mm-hmm. And so that's all within the realm of possibility. Right. So it's just like, and to, to, for it to be 2021 and to have the first, you know, uh, baby, uh, birth baby, not that you were, you know, you were straight in a previous life and then divorced yeah. and have kids from that. It's like you got married to someone of the same sex that you fell in love with and then had a, a baby. Like you don't have a lot of those cases. So that's, it's, um, it's pretty remarkable, but you're, because of that, you're, you're leading, you're opening the door for a generation to, to come. Now, most of us are greedy, um, LGBT folks, because when I say greedy, I know there's a big stigma, and we're not greedy. About greedy bisexuals? Most of us most are bisexual. That's what you would hear growing up in yeah. our generation. Well, you're from the greatest generation. Yeah, I am, yeah. I'm a baby. Oh, <laughs> World War II, yes. Um, is that when we were growing up, bisexuals, do they exist or not? They were called greedy. You just want everything because you're a horny monster. Or untrustworthy. You're like this demon remember that leprechaun scary leprechaun movie and that's, that's what you. that's what you that's what you called me when we were together so yeah scary leprechaun yeah it's because you took my gold yeah. <laughs> and then uh the uh yeah or you were you're just it's just you just come out already you're oh gay. you're confused you're that was the big one you're gay just oh that's true yeah well i have to kind of agree with not agree with that 
I was bisexual before I was gay. Not in real life. But that's how back in the day yeah. you came out as bi. You dipped your toe in the pool by like, I'm bi. That was like a safe way to say. For six days I was bisexual. <laughs> uh, now that said, uh, most bisexuals are not my my shoes. I was looking at another study. It was like uh, LGBT folks aren't getting as married married as quickly as you would have thought. Like now that it's legalized, it's not like a, the floodgates are open. More LGBTQ people obviously are getting married because they couldn't before. But they're still... Uh, it's not in, in mass numbers uh, like you would have expected. The other thing is most folks are, are bisexual uh, in the LGBTQ community. They get married and they marry someone of the opposite sex. Um, it's 1% of uh, bisexuals marry someone of the same sex. And here I am. Thank you very much. Mm. I like to be unique. I've got charisma, well, unique nerd and talent. What was it? The same one another argument for not allowing same sex marriage for years, we had to hear this on the news. Um, was that if you allow gays to marry, why what's to say polygamy is not next? Which this week I saw an article that said three men, the first thruple to legally adopt on the like to each be considered a parent of a child. Did they? Was that granted, or were they just considered? Yes. Oh, well, okay. I didn't. All right. So they're each legal parents. Huh. Thruple of gay men. Look at that. It's only a matter of time. So before I the guess they were right. I guess my dad was right. Yep. Well, and Richard Gere. Oh, the, the other animals. one is to marry if you terrible. can marry someone of the same sex, then what's next? Marry your dog. And I honestly hope so. I would love to be a thruple with my dog. Or a gerbil. Non-sexual, of course, like most of my previous relationships. <laughs> As you know, <laughs> uh, it'd be, yeah. Well, it'd be except for the accidental scatting. That, but that had to do. With, that didn't have to do with sex. That That's was just because you have leaky bowel. <laughs> uh, I was just yeah. a heavy snore. You were, <laughs> and things happened. Wow, supposed to come out of the other end, but hey, here, there you go. Uh, all right, well, that's that. Uh, how that was an aggressive sleeper. That was oh, quite so. The sheets were like, weren't they sheets white? And then, yeah. At least it wasn't blood. Um, do you want to talk about your topic? Let's slang bang it. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's what I meant. Your topic, slang bang. Yeah. Slang bang. So slang bang this week in gay slang. Um, gonna we're going to talk about gasted. Does that mean every Friday night at the Eagle? No, what do you think gasted is? Me every Friday night at the Eagle? Before mm-hmm. pan- the pandemic. Like you have to be the Eagle. Uh <laughs> Me every time I record this. Gasted is a straight man who gets so drunk wait, that wait, he. Oh, go ahead. Um, his inner gayness comes out. Oh, that's every gay man before when they were straight. It's like oh. Well, I'm, I think there I'm, are some men that are. Well, it could mean well, any identifying straight man. Any we'll any gay man over the age of forty. That's how it was. It's just like oh, I'm straight, and then you get drunk, and then you may or may not have hooked up with. Someone. Although I never hooked up with a friend. That just was weird. That would have, it would have been weird. I plus I was never. I didn't. But to be friends. honest with you, I don't have friends. True. <laughs> Except Morky. Because I always tried to hook up with them. <laughs> <laughs> so gaste it. Write it down. It will be on your lesson. Oh please. Your tutorial. Tutorial. Doot doot. And that's how you get your uh, sheets brown. Uh, so gaste it again for the for the folks in the back. For the folks that are, li- are, are uh, watching that this are still podcast. listening after we we talked about scat in the first yeah. fifteen seconds. For the folks that are watching this podcast, that's how you that's how you read your articles. You watch the radio. 
All right, are we ready to talk about my topic? No, Gase, I want to know what Gase said is. You, you oh, I did? That. Yeah, I know. Again, and in a, in a sentence, please. Oh. Um, my brother. You can't do everyone. She gasted, girl, because that's how everyone. <laughs> gasted would be um. see that guy. Remember that guy in English class? These are a couple of eighth graders talking. He got gasted the other night. <laughs> Eighth graders. Just kidding. <laughs> well, these Gen Zers, they oh, grow up early. It's true. Um, he got gasted, baby, and I lost my virginity again. <gasps> again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, come back. Okay. Uh, you left the room. We should have so, gone straight to your topic. I should have not asked. About well, it. you can't be uncomfortable with my um, examples when you ask for one. It's true. It's uh, that's gasted, folks. This is probably the most um, X-rated, horrific, horrible, terribly representative of the gay community our episode pod- our yet. Podcast? <laughs> You talk about scat, and then you bring up the hamster gerbils. Oh, yeah, and... You tarnish Richard Gere. Yep. The incomparable Richard Gere. The one and only Richard Gere, yes. We're going to have to have a full-page New York Times ad. Richard Gere is not gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that, believe it or not. Well, that's what I was going to ask earlier. I'm like, so now we have a problem with Richard Gere being gay? Well, what if he is gay? To me... Well, no, that's very telling that in the 90s, you're so, you think your career will end if you're considered gay, that you take out a full-page ad and you have a beard, Richard, Cindy Crawford. Um, and you take, because it was a joint ad. They were both listed in the ad. Even the hamster um, signed an affidavit that I was not involved in this. His little paw prints were all over mm-hmm. the ad. Oh, man. Well. This, all right. Well, let's they, begin. And then they used to add at the bottom of his cage, and he pooped on it. And then we had oh, scat. It's come gosh. full circle. Bam. I'm trying to keep it um, professional. Clean. All right. So my topic Unlike is. Unlike the scat. All right. One Ink versus Olsen. Speaking of inappropriate. Which I think is the most important Supreme Court case that we never talk about. That I had never even heard about. Had you heard about this? Mm-hmm. Only because I do the dailies. You read it on the radio? Yes. So it's the first Supreme Court ruling to deal with homosexuality. Which is what they called it back then. Actually, they called it homophile movement which I thought was something else. I thought that was what we were talking about earlier. Scat? Uh, So the Supreme Court in 1958 overturned a lower court ruling saying that the gay magazine won the homosexual magazine. (laughs) That's its name. Violated obscenity laws, thus upholding constitutional protection for gay writing. Uh, So the Supreme Court in... Let me say it again. Supreme Court in 1958 overturned a lower court ruling saying that the... uh, Gay magazine violated obscenity laws, and by overturning that ruling, it was the first Supreme Court uh, ruling to uphold the constitutional protection for homosexuals. Mm-hmm. What? Why are you laughing? Um, so let's let's take it from the top. So in 1952, uh, One Inc., as in One Incorporated, started as a gay rights organization. 
Um, and they got its name because one is in, he's one of us, or she's one of us. Oh, yeah. You know, he one of us, girl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it started in Los Angeles as a spinoff of the Mattachine Society and Daughters of Blightus, mm-hmm. which we both had. I think we've done both, both of those topics on the podcast. The Mattachine Society was for the homosexuals, and the Daughters of Blightus were lesbians. So it was each was its... Uh, basically a gay rights civil rights organization and this was a spinoff that was for both so it was combined it's like an integrated gay rights organization so in 1953 uh they founded one inc founded one it was called one colon hello of course the gays would put a colon in there hello Uh, one the homosexual magazine and it was started as a, quote, non-political organization con- concerned with the interest of the millions of homosexual American men and women to publish and disseminate a magazine dealing primarily with homosexuality from a scientific, historical, and critical point of view and to aid in the social integration and rehabilitation of the sexual variant. So, in other words, it's not porn. It's, okay. Yeah, which, with the gays, you have to specifically say this is not porn. Then are you would, sure you want to purchase it? Why are we going to buy? Exactly. So they started the magazine, uh, the organization, and they sold them on L.A. street corners for 25 cents. And they would mail them to people who purchased them. And again, this is in 1953. <laughs> now, let's talk about what's going on in 1953, okay? If, of all the... What do you think was going on in 1953? The for lav- the gays. The lavender scale. Exactly. So in the 50s, the country had a, it became very conservative. So society in the U.S. goes through these conservative and then free swings. So it becomes really religious and conservative, and then it becomes like, we're open and we're free and we're open to new ideas and do whatever you want to do. That was kind of the 20s. Uh, the 50s were very religious. The 60s swung back. 60s and 70s swung back to be the open, free, uh, free love, hippie, um, LSD, scat. 70s. Have sex with whoever, with whomever you would like. Exactly. Whenever, um, wherever. That's where Shakira got her song. But the lavender scare in the 50s was this anti-gay, and it was one of the first times. Actually, I think it was the first time in history where it was a concerted effort by the government against gays saying we're not going to hire you because you're a national security threat because you have such a devious not devious a um sinful lifestyle that you could be blackmailed into giving up government secrets so for decades gays weren't even hired in government and um <laughs> Sorry, lost my train of thought. I was thinking, well, about, all this talk thinking about, about those gerbils, scat huh? and scats. Um, so Isn't what the happened was that begat scat. Oh, please stop! We are trying to win an Emmy. Yes, even though that's television, I still think we can do it. Well, we can watch podcasts. <laughs> well, that's how I um, read all my news. Yes. So they would sell them editions uh, for 25 cents on street corners and, and mail them to people until the Los Angeles postmaster, Otto Ellison, Olson, I'm sorry, declared the October 1954 edition, quote, obscene, lewd, lascivious, and filthy, unquote. 
and therefore it was unmailable under the Comstock laws. So the Comstock laws were a way back in the President Grant administration in 1873. They had a set of laws um, that criminalized the post office from sending the following obscenities anything with obscenity um you couldn't mail contraceptives you couldn't mail any substance that induced abortions or miscarriages you couldn't mail sex toys and you couldn't even mail personal letters with sexual content this was from the time of reconstruction when grant was president yes 1873 what would those sex toys have looked like in 1873 cucumbers i mean by the time you got it in the mail, it was a pickle. It was like they wouldn't have traveled well. That was like mush, unless you, that's what you're going for. Well, I did hear today that the butt plugs were invented to get rid of headaches. Oh. So they've been around a long time. I get migraines often. I might have to try. So you need a plug. Um, no, I don't. Uh, but uh, I don't get migraines. But, you know, hey, if I did. Uh, wait, like, so are these wooden? It feels like that would blister. Like, how? Do, I mean, that's what I'm wearing. Like, well, humans are very horny and they will find a way to get what they want so i'm sure there were sex tours existed yes they weren't battery operated apparently but, but they not, were there. i'm not even worried about battery operated i'm just saying they they well, like, we didn't have plastics back then i don't know what to tell you so was it rocks like how do you i mean what what did you use to glass mud like what were you sticking up there I mean, every home had a pitchfork and a. Oh, I guess so. Coffee pot. Lube that up like the broomstick. Um, but the reason why this these laws came about because in the 1870s it was conservative time, just like I talked about before. This kind of like swing to conservatism. It was a reaction to a couple of things: the rise of pornography in the Civil War. So all these men are away from their wives with other men, and pornography became very prevalent and another reason is they ha there was a rise of miscarriage inducing pills and tonics advertisements for those and what were called penny papers like these cheap papers um, at the time there were a lot of ads for um, things that caused abortions so the response to that was well we need to create a law saying you can't mail sex toys, you can't mail um, anything that could cause an abortion, you can't call, mail any even personal letters with any sexual content or obscenity, which is flat-out censorship. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, I mean, of course, back then... America, the land of the free. Right, until we don't want you to say something. But what it is is control. Like but why are you controlling? That's so well, stupid. You, I mean, today both sides do it. I mean, the liberals absolutely criticize you for everything. I mean, we have freaking potato head because we can't say Mister or Mrs. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be glib. Is that the word uh, about it? I uh, um, I don't think so. <laughs> um, or flippant rather. Uh, but I, I do think. I mean, there is some censorship that happens on the left that we think we're being super woke sometimes, and it's like, well, you know, you're starting. I said this the other day. I'm like, we. I feel so. No, I feel like liberals are sometimes worse. No, I feel like the, they're equal to almost. Well, with with the Dems in charge, I feel somewhat like. Well, I'm not gonna be a Republican, but um, it is. Uh, it's scary to see the sort of power or grab that's in some spaces in some instances i'm okay with it but when you start silencing people um yeah it, it's scary 
I agree, and sometimes uh, liberalism is used to do discriminatory things, like France, that when they banned um, women from wearing head coverings, Mm -hmm. from Muslim women from wearing head head coverings, their reasoning was, well, it's for women's rights because these women are forced, they are forced to wear these. So um, we're freeing them from having to wear hijabs or burqas. And they were like, uh, we choose to wear these. What are, what are you talking about? Right. But and it was really just they um, didn't want to have to see Muslims. It was a way to control right. the Muslim population. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't even think the, liber- the liberals are trying to be too woke in some instances when they do that. And I, I just feel like it's I don't because I don't even know if it's silencing. It's just, uh, again, the go back to the potato head example. It is uh, it's you're, like you're losing some sort of identity when you do that i mean you're squashing the the other folks that are in the majority and i don't think that's the right answer either it, you well, need to give very, a voice to minorities but to yeah to, well it's tricky too because we are realizing or i don't want to say coming up with but new minorities are um we'll say being invented they're not being invented they're finding their voice we're in other words in the last few years we understand gender nine uh nine binary and we understand transgender we understand even asexual all this kind of stuff so now that's a new definition of that's why the gen zers have such a higher proportion of uh considered lgbtq so they don't want to be constricted which is why they don't wear skinny jeans well so if you say so that's a protected class is what the argument is so if i if you refuse as a baker to make me a cake and i say you have to because i'm gay then they say well what about my right as a religious person to say don't support in any way shape or form same-sex marriage or condone it then why is your right better than mine i'm not saying that's there's a right or wrong to that i'm just saying it's a very tricky question i always learn to tell the baker bake me a cake as fast as you can rock it all right roll it that's a cue for us to keep it moving <laughs> so the uh this 18 october 1954 article that the la postmaster was so outraged about was an article called sappho remembered it was about a 20 year old girl is what how they described it even though it was a woman so we'll say a 20 year old woman uh, gives up her boyfriend to live with a lesbian. Oh, now she's a woman, but she's Britney Spears at 20 years old. It's like, leave that girl alone. I'm just kidding. You cannot stop talking. This is going to be a four-hour podcast if we go talking about Britney. Um, so it's about a 20-year-old woman who gives up her boyfriend to live with a, a lesbian woman. And he called it a lustfully... He said it was lustfully stimulating to the homosexual reader. I'm like, not to this homosexual reader. <laughs> I guess they weren't using the term lesbian much back then. No. Um, I guess the female homosexual is what they meant. And then another thing in that um, did issue they, did they was... Did they really care about the lesbian homosexuals? I mean, the women didn't even have a place. They were Their their place was in the kitchen, like being uh, subservient to their husband. Like that was... They, had a, they didn't have a place. So I, it doesn't surprise me that lesbian wasn't a common term because they weren't scared of the lesbians. I mean, you look at most of the sodomy laws uh, or anti-homosexuality uh, uh, homosexual, laws that are on the books, whether it's in the U.S. or abroad, 
they were focused on men. They didn't care. I mean, few women were charged on any of these uh, no. these anti-gay laws. It was all men. That's well because men are supposed to be a certain way because we run the world and we um, head of the household. All, all these connotations of what a man's supposed to be. It's supposed to be tough. A lot of home. A lot of anti-gay homophobia is rooted also in misogyny. So a man is not allowed to be feminine because feminine is weak. A man's supposed to be strong. He's supposed to be better than women. So even when you're talking about homophobia towards men, a lot of, a lot of it has to do with you're not supposed to act like a woman. You know, a man is better than a woman to stop acting feminine. So uh, another thing in the edition was a poem called Lord Samuel and Lord Montague. It was a poem about gay cruising. And he said it, it contained filthy words. And there was also an ad for a magazine called The Circle, which sure. was stop, which was a magazine containing gay romance stories. No, it's just calling you a jerk. So they, he pinpointed what he thought was three ways to say it. I'm not going to mail this, but really he did not. The postmaster did not care. Again, it was a way to control the population. You're not allowed to be gay because I don't agree with you, and I don't think you should exist. So I'm going to prevent you from spreading your legs and your information. and Or your cheeks. Right. If you're a <laughs> uh, So once that October 1954 issue was where they refused to mail it. By the way, when I say boy, I mean man. I don't mean anything inappropriate i just had to clarify that so the the magazine represent was represented by a young attorney who also authored the cover story in that october 1940 issue he sued in the u.s district court uh for them refusing to mail it and in march 1956 a judge ruled for the postmaster saying the quote the suggestion advanced that homosexuals should be recognized as a segment of our people and be accorded uh, special privilege as a class is rejected. Okay, who said anything about a special class? Right. That was the whole going back to the great example of same-sex marriage. Well, what makes you so special that you should have your own marriage? What the hell? Do you realize what you're saying? I want the same marriage. That's the same thing I keep saying about the But you're saying act. my marriage is for me. You don't get this. Right. That was the whole argument about well, why can't you just be happy with civil unions yeah. or domestic partnership? Well, why should I? Yeah. It's not the same. Well, because it's for procreating. Really? Says who? Why, why do you get divorced? Why do old people get married? Right. What if you're uh, sterile or barren? Yeah. Trump? <coughs> you can't talk about the president's kids. Oh, my God. Not that one. Um, so the magazine lost and then appealed. And in the appeal, it went to a three-person Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and they unanimously upheld the district court decision. So Boo Boo said, we're going to appeal again. Take it to the Supreme Court. We're going to the court. And then January 13th, 1957, it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court, without hearing any oral arguments, because I think... They assumed that they the gay attorney they just would have thought heard oral argument and would have yeah. no thought oral. something else. Just go straight for it. Forget uh, the oral. It's oral. a waste of time. For us, oral argument was, <laughs> I don't want to. And you're like, you never do. Uh, and they reversed the ninth court decision in a five to four ruling. Yeah. There's a flip around. With no decision, like with no. Oh, with the reverse. 
Okay. No, no explanation, pretty much. Yep. So 5-4. So once again, the gays got a court case won by one little tiny vote. Which um, which uh, court was that? Do you know who the... Was that the same court that uh, did Brown v. Board? Was it? Yeah, because yeah. that was 1958. All right. Good too. Was that the Burger Court, I think? Wait, that was? was 1958. 1954 was Brown versus Topeka. But that still would have been the same court. So the the Burger Court, I think that's who it was. Warren Hamburgers. Yes. Warren Hamburgers. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, well that, uh, wow. But that was the first Supreme Court case to rule on anything for about the gays. But you have to understand that the, the back then they call it the homophile movement. Mm-hmm. And they even call lesbians homosexuals. The whole concept was new, just like the concept to us of gender non-binary, trans. What are some of the other ones? Um, pansexual. Mm-hmm. You know, these are newish terms in our lifetime. Back then, the whole concept of homosexuality was new. Because before it was, well, the maybe was you were new. mentally ill. No, I mean, there was no, it was like we joked in the beginning of this podcast about do bisexual, when we were growing up, do bisexuals actually exist? No, so they've always existed. You just didn't have a term, you didn't have a label to slap but on. But the general society did not say, you people have always existed and you're out there. It was, you're either mentally ill or it doesn't really exist or um, it's just a phase or, you know, it's it wasn't an actual concept of you're born gay and that's okay right because again we didn't have a label for it. i mean it was it was i mean the individual was bisexual or pansexual the concept or of homosexuality trans. is new it really is the 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 label the concept and label in society like the act of but i mean in recent society because we go back to like the greek and roman but times. they no, they didn't consider it gay you weren't but necessarily was, gay it was just it wasn't it wasn't it was different because i think it was more fluid it's almost going to where we're we're aspiring to be i think where the gen z's are at least are aspiring to be like why do we need any of these labels let's just do what we do well a lot of talk is there's a lot of talk about the greek army and the roman army and all that kind of stuff but there was homophobia in that too yeah you were it's kind of like prison to where there's a lot of prison um People joke about prison, but there's as long as you're not the bottom, basically, is what I'm getting at. Like, yeah, you're strong, you're a top. Just like today, we have those talk. We have we talk about bottoms the same way. Yeah. Um, and in the Roman army, gay sex was fine as long as you weren't the bottom. Right, and you as long as you were the dominant one. I mean, that's the that was the. I mean, you wanted to as be long the as dominant. you were the yeah, dominant you one. Yeah, to be the dominant one. So the the concept that we've always the it was. But see, there's a new term until, for that. There's called power bottoms. Right, they're they're dominant. Oh, that's a slang. I mean, oh, for for sorry, did I steal something from Mm-mm. future episode? Um, but uh, I think I don't know. I I, I do think you know, we've always been. It's not like a new. We're now trans, or we now identify as trans or non-binary. But the concept is new. The to general society. To general, but the individual didn't know how to express that or identify that. They're like, I don't feel like I'm in the right body. I mean, we ha- we've talked about trans folks from the. We talked about right. Gay- I don't. I'm not saying that trans people do not exist. I'm talking about the knowledge for most people that weren't trans. Yeah. Yeah. They did not even know the concept. They thought it was, um, these, the, if they knew anything about it, it was a one-off, you know, the, the wacky person that 
dressed up in women's clothing or men's clothing or whatever. Right. Um, or we've talked about some folks that did, they weren't the wacky person. Like they went their whole lives and then they died. People were like, oh, that was a woman and not a man. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. We did talk about that. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I don't know. I just so I, I think the people that. have existed. It's just the society didn't have a label for it. So they didn't know how to process it. And now we're coming up with new labels like, hey, I don't identify with any gender. Uh, I'm asexual. I'm bisexual. I'm pansexual. So uh, which are all different parts of our wonderful colored rainbow um all right well that was a fun topic oh Uh, thank you all right well let's uh let's move on but before we move on can i just note that we have talked about that topic before which is earlier why you were asking have we why are you laughing because tony talked about that back on like episode 50 i think i was looking at it i was looking at what you're talking honestly i think it was episode 55 so if you're listening who well, nobody remember because I don't remember who performed it better. Right? Who wore it better? Who wore it better, Kendall or Tony? I think we know the answer to that. Put it in the comments because we might have a new co-host next week. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You mean I have to come back next week? Oh man. Hey, I've got two little co-hosts that. Will okay. Work. Well, I have a topic picked up for next week. <laughs> One Ink versus Olson. Hey, we'll try the third. Hey, I have a topic for next week. It's one ink versus Olsen. Topical green. Well, it's funny that this happened because I always said, um, I, th- I feel like though you gave different details. I The first time I was, Spence was listening to one of the podcasts that he listens to, they started the pod, like they were talking, they did their little kiki, and mm-hmm. then um, she goes into, one of the co-hosts goes into her topic, and the other co-host was like, we've already talked about this. And I'm like, how could you repeat a topic like this is simple pr- production like production 101 like don't you have a list of topics and we do and yeah we, somehow we still duplicate it so but you I'll know have to, i'll have to listen to the podcast revisit that um no. we'll get some ratings out of it it's, it's less that it's uh i think it's good because sometimes you have a, and i feel like some of the details that you shared were different than the ones that Tony shared and his were good and yours were good. And so that's good. We, we well, you don't tell me mine were good. We're giving, but I oh, will say though, had I known that I had picked the same topic, I just would not have shown up. <laughs> that's all we have to do next now time. Now you wait to tell me. You uh, knew there was a chance of me leaving in the middle of it. If I had time. realized, and now you tell me. <laughs> right, in the, right in the middle. Would have been like two sentences and gotta go. That's all folks. That's our podcast. And it literally never return. <laughs> For the record, this is not a performance evaluation on either one of us. I just think that uh, it was good. It was. I, I found it funny because, like I said, in the back of my head, I had a, before we even started this podcast, I'm like, who could ever? And here we did it. We did it, y'all. But you know what? If you do it twice, that means it's that important. When I repeat a topic when I'm teaching I or, or presenting, um, I it's, it's well, you have for, to reiterate for the test. It's for emphasis. Yeah. These are things you need to know. All right, what you doing? Oh, I, probably the topic we've already done. No, um, I'm doing um, Hattie McDaniel's. You ever heard of her? Oh yeah. Oh, before we do Hattie, she's that woman that was in that um, that one show. Yeah, that she's in that thing. Can can I just uh, we thank our sponsor, Economy Works? If you need help with marketing, hire a freelancer. If you need help building a website, 
you know what? You can hire a freelancer. And if you need help with benchmarking analysis or getting your podcast topics in order, you can hire a freelancer. Economy Works believes in the power of connection and wants to connect you with this talent network. The talent network has over 1,000 years of experience and it keeps on growing every day in HR, marketing, IT, accounting, and other specialties. Economy Works, when we work, the economy works. You can find out more at economyworks.com. That's E C O N O M I W O R K S dot com. We'll see. I have to call you out now. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Did because, I spell economyworks.com? Well, Wrong. I don't know if you know this, but you've done that topic at least <laughs> every episode. But I didn't want to say anything, but. Thank you. I, I, you know what? Um, I, I will change. I, I will commit to changing the advertisement. Uh, maybe I'll hire a freelancer to help me come up with new copy. Maybe, maybe. All right, Hattie McDaniels. Um, at the 12th Annual Academy Awards, uh, which was held on February 29th, 1940, uh, Hattie McDaniel won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in a Film for her role as May- Mammy Mamie in Gone with the Wind. See, I've only seen, seen Gone with the Wind once, so I, I'm not well-versed on all of these things, and this was not part of my gay cultural reference. And I have to, you know, I've credited you before in terms of schooling me on gay 101 and this is not was this is not what was part of the, your rubric or your syllabus when you were teaching me so um I've watched it many times yeah gone with the wind was a huge deal because it was such like it was an epic movie in terms of like titanic scale titanic avatar what are some of the giant huge productions they weren't making movies back then like that Cleopatra with Elizabeth Taylor. So when this movie came out in 1939, it was a big year. A Wizard of Oz was released that mm-hmm. year. Uh, 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 Mr. Smith goes to Washington was out that year, which is a big one. We're pol- political nerds. Uh, of Mice and Men, Withering Heights. Like these were all big movies of the time. Like we go back and we'll watch these old black and whites. Uh, and so for this to, this to be a notable movie, I mean, it was a notable movie its own right. I guess my point is 1939 was. Well, a, Gone with the Wind was a literal black and white movie. Gone with the Wind it's about was slavery. <laughs> it was about the Civil War. <laughs> Gone with the Wind, fabulous. Uh, uh, as uh, who was the housewife uh, from Atlanta that said that? Portia. I don't. Gone know. with the Wind, fabulous. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Gone with the Wind, fabulous. She was doing twirls. Oh. She was the one on uh, mm-hmm. uh, the. Apprentice. She also said stallion booty or. Oh my gosh. Kenya. Kenya. Kenya, Kenya Moore. Moore. Uh, yes. So we're not talking about Kenya. Though we're talking about Hattie McDaniel, who won the Academy Award. A big deal, right? Um, and I as Huge. I as I researched her, um, even more of it. Like she had a lot of notable things, a lot of firsts. So she uh, just. Before we get into her winning the award, she was born in Kansas in 1893, born the youngest of 13 kids and born to uh, former slaves. I mean, mm-hmm. I always find that fascinating because, I mean, granted, she died before we were born. But to know a cultural reference that I feel like is an arm arm's length of of us and, uh, you yeah. know, because I'm part of the great generation. Right. So, right. And so but just to know someone and then you, were were, the, you grew up in the smoldering ashes of the. Yeah. Civil War. I was born when one V Olson was. Uh... Well, as you mentioned that, how close we are to slavery, Civil War times. During the great, the New Deal um, in the 1930s, part of FDR's way to revive the economy, he was throwing money everywhere. He paid journalists to go uh, document former slaves' lives 
and to get their oral, oral history. And he, they would be interviewed, and you, there were even some audio recordings of it, but they were all documented, and they were written out in the vernacular that they were saying. So kind I've of like written out. Of that. And it's so, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. What a really good way to document history. That's a good use of government money, to be honest with you. Well, as a liberal, yes, you'd say that the uh, you know the. the but it doesn't have to be liberal, though. It has to be. No, I would agree. Or it should I, be. I, it's something I would appreciate, but and we should all appreciate, and even I think a conservative who likes to go to a museum would appreciate. But I mean, these people who are deficit hawks. I mean, it's wasteful money, right? It's like, what do I care about the history? Why would I pay someone to track history? I think it's important. I think it's important, but I, it can. There's a counter argument to that, right? But it is fascinating. I, I find it fascinating that this woman is a you know a descendant of slaves, um, in a so, movie about slavery. Yeah, yeah, which is why she felt qualified to to do. I mean, granted, there weren't a lot of uh, high value complex roles for African Americans at the time, but she was like, "Hey, look, um, I could do this role. I was born slave. My grandmother was a slave. Like, I I knew how to play this role. So it wasn't just me being a black woman in um, a maid's uniform. Like, I I felt some sort of connection with the role. And not only were there not complex roles at that time, there weren't for decades and decades. Yeah. Maybe Raisin in the Sun. Right. Raisin in the Sun in the, what is that, early 60s that Mm -hmm. movie came out? It was a play first, but then it was Which we talked about was by Lorraine Hasbury. Uh, We talked about that. uh, We did that topic So before you go. Really? I was going to do it next week. (laughs) Uh, youngest of 13 kids She uh, started performing at age 15 And won a, uh, She got like a, a Competed in one event A recital And she won the gold medal uh, In that event uh, No formal training As a singer Or uh, uh, an actor uh, But she found Like she had some She felt a connection To her performance And obviously She was rewarded for it So that emboldened her Even more So she uh, then quit high school, began performing with her brother at age 16 and touring with his group that he had set up. Uh, and so they would do tent performances in, in small towns. So they just traveled. They went on tour. She said she loved it. It was one of the most fun things she, uh, she's ever done. And in the 1920s, she, she became her own uh, headline singer in her own right. Um, she was fronting notable bands and orchestras and earned her reputation as a blues singer. Uh, she worked oh. a couple side jobs, though, because... Um, there weren't a lot. I mean, when you're a singer or an actor, like you, you're dependent on your next project, right? And you know, hopefully they last long, but that they don't mm-hmm. all do. And so, and when they don't, you don't have a paycheck coming in. And so she had a couple of uh, side gigs that she worked uh, to keep you know cash flowing. And then finally, in 1931, she moved to LA, uh, where some of her brothers were, and they had found success in, in the entertainment business. Uh, and so she moved there, hoping to make her a uh, name for herself in, in movies. Uh, she could sing, which helped her, and that's where she kind of stood out in a variety show uh, where she was the singer uh, and actually helped to propel the, the ratings for that show. And they, they lasted for another year while she was on there, and that's where she earned the nickname Hi Hat Hattie. Oh. <clears throat> because she was high. No, uh, because she uh, everyone was dressed really informally for the show, and she came dressed up. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> and so um, she got the... Um, she got the nickname. How do I do this every time? You got something to say, Kendall? What's that? What are we gonna say? Well, there I did see a drag queen once that was modeled after Hattie McDowell's McDaniel. <coughs> I'm sorry, and he went by uh, Scotty McDaniel. Oh uh, yes, um, I saw that. It was a waste. Well, he had to stop because he was deemed racist because he was in brownface. <laughs> 
I heard his performance stinks. Uh, yes. So, um, uh, so she found, uh, after she left that show where she earned the, the name Hi Hat Hattie, she found success on radio as a vocalist and comedian because she had some good timing. Uh, and she was a featured guest on the uh, famous radio show, uh, Amos and Andy. In 1935 mm. is when she got her big break. She was in a, uh, the movie called The Little Colonel with none other than the one and little only Shirley Temple. Oh. Of course, she was paying a certain, like a, a help in the in the movie, but she 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 stood out there like it was a standout performance for her, albeit um, not a major role. But if she was a, with a prominent actress at the time, although she was you know what six years old, Shirley Temple. Um, but nonetheless, it was a big it was a breakout movie for her. Of course, the biggest breakout for for her was playing the role of Mammy um, in the movie Gone with the Wind. Um, which, by the way, did you know Gone the Wind with with Whoa. with the Wind was uh, originally directed by George uh, Sukor 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 who was a gay mm-hmm. and then he screwed it up had so many issues that the studio fired him yeah and so I thought that was a little a bit of a, a gay twist uh, but yes so he was um, he was set. Anyways, that's just a kind of fun trivia thing. But the the movie, like you said, was based in the Civil War time. Uh, it was a romance drama. It was released in 1939. It was revolving around, around the uh, character Scarlett O'Hara and uh, Rhett Butler. Uh, the the movie wound up earning 13 nominations again amidst a very heavy competitive field. We talk about Wizard of Oz. We talk about Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. These were some big notable. I mean, we look at at back at cinematic history, the glory days of Hollywood, uh, the glory holes of Hollywood, and um, you know you peek through it and you something sticks through, right? Um, and uh, yes, and so it was successful at the time, played uh, to full houses, widely expected to win. By the way, just for the reference, uh, I don't write these jokes in my comments. I say that because you, you'll hear the uh, spoopy guys. They'll Wait, you've been saying jokes? Because <laughs> 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 I feel like you're looking at... No, you write them, you just don't read them. Yes, I don't read them properly. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> uh, just kidding, that's not a read, babe. Over there, I know he's listening. No, he's not. He fell asleep. Um, oh, I heard him crying. Oh, again. Uh, not because he's a crybaby. It's because I'm mean. I'm not mean. I'm not mean. Um, so it was It was a very popular movie, Gone with the Wind. Fabulous. No Gone with the Wind. Um, and uh, it was, of course, when the interesting thing about, I, I think about this is because it was so she wins this award in February, February 29th, back, practically March. Uh, the movie was released in December. Um, so it was a short time frame. I mean, a lot of movies, if you think about like when they try to do, you know, put their bid in for the Oscars, they release it in December, especially the mm-hmm. RC films. So this was one of those. But nonetheless, it was super, super popular uh, and got in just in time to be nominated for 13 awards. Um, it won nine of them, including Best Picture, Director, Screenplay. Um, Clark Gable was nominated for Best Actor. Vivian Lee, she won for Best Actress. Uh, and then you had two two actresses uh, for uh, Gone with the Wind. One was Olivia De, no, De Havilland. De Havilland. She, Which I think she's still alive. Uh, if I she's dead, was, she just died. So Olivia De Havilland. Hundreds of them. She, she was nominated. 
Uh, and she was one of the like names on the marquee on the bill. Uh, and then you had Hattie. And of course, Hattie is the one who won. Uh, for her memorable scene on the, I mean, people cite her scene on the, on the staircase, uh, when she was talking to Melanie about, which was, uh, uh, Olivia's character. Um, she was talking about the, the troubles that they, you know, Brett and Scarlett were having. She's going up, she, she greets Melanie. If you remember the scene, uh, at the door, she's, she's walking Melanie up the store, up the stairs, and she's talking about, uh, Rhett and Scarlett and how they're having troubles and the pain it was causing her just watching her employers and the people that she's expect you know admires uh, and respects rather uh, you know how it was breaking her heart that the, you know these this they were just you know tearing each other apart and so um, you know that that dramatic performance is what uh, earned her the nomination and ultimately the win for the Academy Award. I wonder why. Okay, let me see. Do you remember when, um, well, it's an Oscar scandal that Marissa Tomei won for My Cousin Vinny. It's like it was a comedy and not even considered that great of a comedy and her role wasn't that extensive. People were like, how the hell did she get nominated, much less win? And then sometimes there's like four good actresses, like it's any one of those four people's right, you know, award to win and then the fifth person wins because everyone else put the category in 1940 i still wonder how hattie mcdaniel won i don't think the people were ahead of their time enough to be like making a political statement by giving it to the but i'm surprised she got any votes for it being i mean not her performance aside because when she was uh nominated when she was at the award she wasn't even allowed in the facility of the award ceremony at the time, she had to wait outside. She was. Dressed, and they called her in when she won. They opened the doors, oh and she had God. to come in, and then she had to go out. She so she couldn't sit amongst her castmates, amongst her. I mean, the sad Are thing. Are you going to talk about the acceptance speech? Uh, yeah. So, just, so before we get to the acceptance speech, right? So when they announced her, uh, uh, announcing the category, they were talking about the how the awards they opens the door of the room and the, you know moves the back uh, moves back the wall enables us to embrace the whole America recognizes that those uh, uh, that those have given their best regardless of race creed or color mm-hmm. which you know is a slap I mean so then they announced it's, what they really really saying is in spite of their race well right and so I mean I, it seemed profound but it because especially because they announced Hattie as the as the winner which she was uh, the, her announcement as the winner was uh, received by thunderous applause I mean it was just you know a loud applause and she walks in uh, but it, it just seemed you know kind of a slap in the face because what happens to her after this is like she's, it's not like she's able to find you know steady work after it I mean um, or, or good roles after winning this this you know historic victory um you know she's she you know, she again she she accepts the awards the award to thunderous applause she's dressed in this beautiful gown of flowers in her hair flowers on her mm-hmm. like a flower on her dress she looks amazing um and she describes it as she accepts it the happiest moment of her life she's I'm very humble and this should be a beacon uh for her for anything that she may uh, be able to do and for the future uh, she, she says she hopes she's a credit to her race in the motion picture industry, and she says she concludes it with saying, you know, my heart is full, thank you, and God bless, and, and walked off holding a tissue, basically almost in, in tears as she heads off the stage. Um, and I just, uh, I mean, so with that, she becomes the first African-American uh, to win uh, 
to win an, an Academy Award. Uh, I don't think we have another one until uh, Halle Berry. Oh, not Halle Berry. Well, a woman. Yeah, Halle yeah, Berry the woman, in the two thousands. Yeah. And so, um, but and Halle Berry was the first Best Actress. Right. Hattie was supporting actress. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and then we've had more since then, which is great. But uh, um, I mean, it's still not the same. I mean, you don't have the same. You don't have the representation of African American. Uh, men, much less women, in you know Hollywood films, which is why you get a lot of feedback, especially over the last five years, uh, about uh, hey, you know, Oscar's so white, right? The, the hashtag. But did you hear her acceptance speech? What she said? Yeah. What I mean, what did I miss? What, what did when you she talked to... about a, her being a credit to her race. Yeah. Did you say that? Yeah, I said uh, she hopes it's a credit to her race in the motion picture industry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're okay. You're gonna do this topic uh, next week. Oh yeah, I was so busy looking at that. <laughs> next week I'll do it, and I'll be sure to include that. <laughs> um, but no, that's just sad to me that you have to say I promise to be, I hope to be a credit to my race. Well, she was getting a lot of feedback, like a lot of criticism from her people, black right, because people. she was scandalous at the time for black people for saying um, she played a basically a cartoon character she played a minstrel version of a black woman right although people who defend her and herself included saying hey look i you know she she wasn't the her lines weren't servant lines they were she was standing her ground um and she well you know what's a good way to compare it to is james corden playing a gay guy and being nominated for a golden globe for that movie that just came out and the controversy being he saying he camped it up and did was so stereotypically gay, um, and people were like that's you've just threw every stereotype, and we're supposed to be excited that you there's a gay man that's accepted in the movie or whatever, and that's a lot of the controversy for her at the time was that you just she did play a stereotype, and the way she talked and yeah, I mean that's that's part of the feedback. It's just like this she was, uh, you know, playing kind of a. a a dumb, simple person who enjoyed their lot in life as a servant and knew mm-hmm. no better. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of folks that, that, uh, that, that didn't see that as a, a, a step forward for, for African-Americans, particularly when they were, uh, fighting for civil rights. I mean, the, the I mean, they had no rights, right? I mean, we just talked about the fifties and all the things that happened. This was happening in the late thirties and the forties. And, um, here she, you know, was featured and being praised by, you know, almost as a token by, by white America, uh, mm-hmm. at least by the Hollywood elites. And, you know, she was, she was well, getting awarded for, I playing. think she got the award and was nominated as look at us, look how, accepting we are and look how we don't care that she's black but i feel still that's bold i mean for a woman whose name wasn't even featured on the uh on as a as, she was no, her name's surprising. not on the on the on i'm the so skeptical of their intention that i'm even like what's going on here how did she win much less get nominated because it's 19 she got nominated in 39 yeah and one it, or the movie came out in 39 i mean something made it up i don't trust the motive because nobody was that it was a, I mean that that stair that stair scene was pretty was pretty no good. I mean for the fact that they would acknowledge a black woman like that yeah I don't I, I don't know I mean she she did have I don't know I th- I thought it was a good performance was it but like some people who've won in the past uh, over Julianne Moore all these years uh, who yeah Julianne Moore 
It took her a long time to win. There's a lot of actresses that won about her over her. And when she, Julianne Moore finally did win, I was like, that's not the best Didn't performance. Didn't she pass? No, she's still alive. Stop that. I'm just kidding. I just say that because uh, Thomas has an unhealthy obsession with Julianne Moore. I do. Even when she's not a redhead? Because uh, you have a redhead fetish. I, I do like a redhead. Spence, redhead. Well, you know what they say. Red in the head, fire in the hole. Hello. <laughs> That's why we put the gerbils. Um, but yes, uh, <laughs> I just think it's crazy. I mean, she won. She, but she couldn't be in the same auditorium as her. Even being, I mean, to Absurd. your point about like the motives, like we'll we'll nominate you, but we won't let you to our party. I mean, she wasn't even allowed at the premiere of the uh, of the because movie because they weren't. I don't feel like they were nominating to honor her. I think they were nominating her to honor themselves for being so liberal as to gasp dominate a black woman i don't even know though that that seems even bold for because nothing else happened it's like it's not like and now they do it and they there's there are people that are nominated of color on a regular basis so you see that there's some effort being made to like let's make sure we have a representative nomination like they after 1939 1940 there was never a concerted effort to be like let's make sure we have african americans on our 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 nominee list. So I don't know. It, to me, to your point is odd. Um, you know, I got to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. When I, when I, a year from now, when I forget this topic was done and I do it, you do it again, you'll get to the bottom of it. Um, again, I think it's odd. I mean, the, I, I think it's amazing that she won. Uh, I, I think it's sad that she wasn't allowed in the auditorium. You go back though, when the <clears throat> movie premiered in 1939, she like I said, it wasn't a feature name on the billing. She wasn't allowed at the premiere in Atlanta, Georgia. Why? Because of segregation. Um, Clark Gable threatened to not attend the uh, um, the premiere, and she was like, "No, no." McDaniel was like, "Hattie." Was oh, like, and for her, yeah, she was. Like, like, yeah, it's like if she's not allowed, then I'm not going to go. And Hattie McDaniel was like, "You got to go." Um, and well, also, I don't think he was nominated. Or no, he was nominated, he was, but he lost. But he lost. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, some of the controversy around her performance, as you noted, the NAACP said, you know, she's perpetuating Hollywood stereotypes as the lazy, dim-witted, okay with being a servant, Uncle Tom type character. Um, but uh, there weren't other, there, again, there weren't complex roles for, I'm not excusing it, there just, there was not, I mean, it's easy for us to use the 2020 lens, but even the folks at the time, uh, you know, advocate, civil rights advocates no. at the time were saying this was not the right role. Um, you know, again, the stereotypes are being perpetuated. Um, people were also mad because she wasn't a civil rights activist. Uh, she wasn't, you know, taking up the torch for uh, equality. Um, instead, actually, by what she was doing, she was hindering progress uh, for civil rights instead of helping it, even though she was in, a, in you know, visible on screen and was now at this point a, an award-winning actress. Um, after she won, though, she had spotty success. Uh, she found some work. Um, I mean, in, in the end, she was over in over th- when it was all said and done before she died. Uh, she was over in over 300 movies, but some of them were uncredited because she was, again, a servant, a help, a maid. Yeah, I've heard that before. I'm like, where are these movies? Yeah. Porn? Uh, <laughs> well, the snuff films. Uh, just kidding, Hattie. Rest in peace. That's when she was Scotty McDaniel. <laughs> yes, that was her uh, undercover name. Um, but finally she found success in 1947 and, uh, and Bay, uh, Beulah, uh, she took over, she took over a role as a, um, 
as a maid. She was, but when she took over that role, she became the first black actress to star on her own show. It was a radio show, uh, and she eventually kind of transitioned for a bit of time as into a sitcom role because it was made. Beulah was made into a sitcom, but because of poor health, she wasn't able to like fully commit to being on TV. Uh, but when she, uh, oh, it was a TV role, not radio. Well, it was radio, but it transitioned by the time she was ill. Um, they couldn't do it anymore. She like served like a, a month in that role, and then it, it kind of went on without mm-hmm. her. Uh, but when she did it, she when she took over that role of Beulah, she took it over from a white man who was playing the part of Beulah. Um, she earned one wait what? Yeah, it was weird. Like there was someone playing the role. They changed the the roles gender. Yeah. Okay. Um, she earned a thousand dollars a week for her first season, which was pretty huge uh and she doubled the ratings of the original series so from the folks she took over she uh, uh she doubled the ratings and uh, uh now people were excited because now you have a, a an african-american woman who is in a lead role who has her own show because she was the first woman to do that uh and uh so people now were like oh yeah civil rights hattie mcdaniels um, but on the civil rights issue, uh, unrelated to her acting career, um, when she was buying a house in the in the forties uh, in a neighborhood in L.A., she was buying a house. Uh, there was a, a from a person who wanted to sell it to her, uh, but the neighborhood didn't allow for non-Caucasian, so Blacks Hispanics could not uh, mm. own a house in that. Um, and so she fought that. She said she rallied the uh, they wanted the the neighbors wanted to kick out her and the black residents, so she rallied the neighbors and won her case actually. And this was kind of the what's cited as one of the early cases for uh, prompting fair housing in California. Um, she, you know, for all the flack she got about kind of being an, uh, you know, an Uncle Tom, she defended, her, you know, her her career, her legacy, her, the role she played. She's like, she was always a force. She, you know, didn't have these subservient lines. She felt she could relate, uh, particularly to her role as a, uh, in in uh, Gone with the Wind, because again her grandmother was a slave, her parents were born into slavery, so she felt she knew that experience. So it wasn't just like her, um, you know, again filling a role as a black woman. She's like, no, I, I can I can get into this role, and I yeah. can have some nuance to well, it. it was not just her role in Gone with the Wind that was um, criticized. It was Prissy. Do you remember Prissy, who lived very long? I think she lived into the two thousands. She was said that she was the one that said, Miss Scarlet, Miss Scarlet, I don't know anything about birthing no babies, Miss Scarlet. No, I don't know that. I feel like I'm there. <laughs> She's though. the like one that the movie. had to, when Scarlet uh, gave birth, Prissy was the one, the young one. And then I think it was Mamie who slapped her. I can't remember. But that became an iconic phrase, that um, iconic in the Satcher household that I was in. We would just randomly say, Miss Scarlet, Miss Scarlet. <laughs> I don't know anything about birthing no babies, Miss Scarlet. But it was very <laughs> stereotypical, which she got criticized for, too. Yeah, okay. well, I mean, the whole movie was criticized for now. I mean, romancing. Uh, yes. Well, on HBO, recently HBO put a disclaimer uh, saying that it could be offensive to people. And, of yeah. course, the the white people we're all pearl clutching because how you dare you put a disclaimer on my fictional this. movie I've romanticizing the um, civil war yeah well you know what scarlet was in love with a man named ashley talk about <gasps> gay gender confusion <laughs> uh so why am i talking about her 
Um, oh, I, last note on her, why she's defending, defending herself, um, or how she defended herself. She's, you know, people are hating, uh, but she said, you know, I could earn, earn $700 acting as a maid or actually be a maid. Um, because there's what are the other alternatives as a black woman in the 40s and 50s uh you know and i would be a maid earning seven dollars you know a day versus seven hundred dollars a day so uh she felt justified in what she was doing uh despite all of the all of the criticism and feedback um you know most folks that kind of study her story that's like this is not a, a you know her rise and fall and her intermittent success and um it's a hollywood story it's not necessarily a black story uh it's a it's a story of the person going to hollywood trying to find a big and finding some success and uh um again hitting some wins and then and then you know hitting some strikes is that a term throwing some getting some strikes i don't know um why am i talking about her though she was rumored to be a lesbian you bury the lead. I mean, you, I wanted you to. I was giving you a little foreplay, a little gerbil play, before I give you the full Rumored to be thing. lesbian. Well, I mean. Rumored to be. Okay. Well, do tell. Oh, well, so, I mean, cause she, was, she had four marriages to men, uh, two before she got uh, famous and then two after. Um, but uh, she was rumored to be uh, in, a, in, a, in a romance with Tallulah Bankhead. Oh, to everyone. Everyone. everyone every was. woman in Hollywood was. Well, yeah. So you you read the all of the women that were like rumored to be lesbian, and uh, Tallulah Bankhead always comes up in it, because uh, she was the sexual provocateur, right? Uh, Tallulah, uh, and um, and the greatest name ever of anyone that's ever been named. Yeah, Tallulah Bankhead. Now, what do you know Tallulah from? You ain't never seen a movie she's in. No, let's be honest. But I do know her from when I was a little kid. I used to watch every single episode of. Uh, Batman, like the old 1960s Batman show. She was Black Widow. And she was this very campy, over-the-top, drag queen-esque person. She definitely lived up to her reputation as being a uh, muncher. (laughs) (laughs) A carpet saleswoman. A carpet saleswoman. But they were rumored to be together for a long time, um, and uh, that's that seems to be that it. I say rumored. There's consistent rumors about it. I mean, I know we've talked about people in the past who are like, well, um, I think most accounts are that she was she had relationships right. with men and women. Do but, we have any um, actual evidence? Photographic evidence, or do we have anything like what is the? Do we know about the rumors? Like, what did the rumors entail? They, no, they. Well, what do you mean? They they were well. No, I'm just always. Well, I mean, the, there's uh, several accounts that they were in a in a not a long term relationship, but they were consistently together. If that makes any sense, I don't know. I mean, what more detail? No, I just when we talk about gay history, and we say, well. We use circumstantial evidence or rumors to say someone is or isn't gay. I'm always uncomfortable with that. I mean, she was never married. She didn't have any kids. Hattie was married four times. I mean, well, I mean, she she didn't have any kids, so. (laughs) What are those four marriages that I just learned? (laughs) No, but do you know what I mean? Like this, I get uneasy about, we've talked before about everyone wants to claim, let's see, that Abraham Lincoln is gay. And there was a new president last week that they're like, he gay too. Like, damn, were there any straight presidents? Dick Nixon. And it's just, 
the rumor aspect of it, but I, I I feel like again it's one of those things that I didn't want. I I don't want to put out salacious things out there. So I I feel like there was enough accounts about this that uh, talked about her relationship with Tallulah and with other women that it was just kind of like all right that 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 seems to hold up. And it wasn't like because well, why didn't they call her Caddy McDaniel? Uh, well, they did on the DL. They called her Caddy and they called her Scatty, but just don't call her Hattie. Maddie. Maddie, because she's not that type of woman. Interesting, uh, another interesting fact about her before we kind of close out on her. She, When she died, she was uh, requesting, I mean, I guess before her death, uh, or as part of her last will and testament, um, requesting to be in uh, the final nail in the coffin, requesting to be uh, buried in the Hollywood uh, cemetery with the other Hollywood mm. stars. They denied her that right Ugh. because she was black. Well, it's like that last month there was a cemetery in Louisiana that denied the admission of a deceased black deputy sheriff because he was black. And then they had to say, oh, sorry, that was our policy, but we can overturn it, that no black people could be buried here. In 2021. I, I I think those deeds still exist somewhere. When I bought this house, it was an older house, 1925 here. Uh, but why the, enforce it? But my point... Well, why it, honor that's it? That's what Because that, that was their defense. Oh, it's not our fault. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But that was... I, I think it didn't cross my mind that those sorts of things would still be on the books. But it's like, oh, there may be deeds out and you can't... You These are deeds that cannot be enforced. And I'm like... Oh, okay. Because well, I guess again, because the house is so old, we I purchased a couple of houses now, uh, and so I, oh, well, he got money. You no, know, my point is, I've been through the house home buying. He owns process. multiple properties. I'm a home buying process. He's a couple coastal. times. And so uh, that uh, it. Wait, uh, when you say you're buying, you mean you buy coastal? Is that what you meant? Because you have all your properties. Gulf Coast and North Gulf Coast and South Gulf Coast. Um, it uh yeah it's just uh i've never heard that before but then they were like and i was like what does that mean deeds you can't discriminate i'm like they're like oh back in the day there were disc- uh ordinances and deed restrictions where you you if you were black you couldn't buy in this neighborhood i think that's crazy this actually this whole thing story like that was I, what a raisin of the sun was about that i mentioned earlier yeah i thought this was going to be a fun topic i'm like we're going to be a celebration of uh you know the first african american woman to win an academy award and what happened? You know, she was LGBT, like all the discrimination she faced, not just from well, pe- hello, white people, yes. not just from white America, but the hatred she, like the hate she got from people in her own race. I got like, it. Though. I get it though. It's, I mean, I understand why they're doing it, but I'm like, this is not the fun story that I thought it was going to be. It was not the fun celebration. It was not the go women's rights. Like again, cause I thought again, this is a, a good, women's well, I have to be honest topic. and you're going to get really mad at me. Let's be honest. I'm not comfortable with the rumors. Um, I, I, again, it's hard to show me the tapes. (laughs) There were were no tapes back then. I think there, there are times when, again, Abraham Lincoln, we dissected that. We could say, okay, there's, we can make a sound judge like James Buchanan though. Are we not going to say he's gay? No, we can't. We can't definitively, but I, I think, um, Hattie McDaniel, I think there's enough things circulating out there that to say, She's probably a lesbian. Mm. Okay. Not that it matters. I mean, what's wrong with being a lesbian? <clears throat> no, I just think it's uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm I'm okay with calling her uh bisexual. As a bisexual. 
and as the American. Wait, but you said lesbian, but you meant bisexual, right? Yeah, she's bi. Sorry, she's been married four times to boys. Well, you said she wasn't married. <laughs> four four times to boys. All right. <laughs> All right. I think uh, I think we've had enough uh, of Miss Hattie McDaniel. I'm gonna have to go watch Gone with the Wind now. You've seen it once, barely. You said. Yeah, I fell asleep through it. Really? It's not my cup of tea. It's four hours. Yeah. When yeah. I was little, it was two cassettes, video cassettes. It was a box set. I just love how the you white people love this movie, and it's like it was. I didn't like it because I was white. No, but I mean, it's I about watched it because I was white because I heard so many great things about it. But I more so liked it because I was a gay. It more so appealed to my gayness than my whiteness. It was over the top. The costumes. The. I mean, speaking as a stereotypical gay man, uh, it was just very grand. I just don't know a lot of minorities. campy. A lot of minorities that are like, I love, I love, love Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. Like, no, there white, aren't many. You white people love to see, like love that. No, movie. it's a, it's a, the concept of Gone with the Wind is terrible because that was brought about during a time of it was called. There was a whole genre, and we still became almost nonfiction. It's a lie that became nonfiction. The way we perceive um, the Civil War is white propaganda. Okay. And part of that is Gone with the Wind. There's a whole genre of uh, literature about it called Magnolias and Moonlight. It's about this romanticizing of the Civil War, saying that the slaves were treated so well and that they had it better than they did in Africa and they had it better than they do now to this day and the benevolent white um, owner you mm-hmm. know that was basically they were basically guests in their home right and then the it's the same that's when they started calling it the war of northern aggression and the concept of these northern invaders coming down and destroying the property of because they were just so jealous of the Southern people. The Gone with the Wind is the number one example of that. Mm-hmm. And that has become so... Gone with the Wind to a lot of people in the South is this beautiful documentary of Southern life. And it's ridiculous. Until the Northerners screwed it up. Mm-hmm. The carpetbaggers and such. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's my topic. I think she's a bisexual. Okay. Verdict is... You you think no? You're not ready to too, too early to tell. I'm just uh reluctant. I need some more. Not that it matters, but it's kind of like you want a love letter. Well, there's everyone. There's like I could say that stove is gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anybody could say anyone he is pronounces gay. Pronounces his name as Steve, not stove. But uh, anyone could say anyone's gay, and that doesn't make it a gay topic. I just think uh, we had so many. To this day, we have so many decades. Like, there was a while when Aaron Rodgers was the football player. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Green Bay Fudgebackers mm-hmm. was gay. He's Green, gonna come Green out Bay. as gay any minute now. He's pretty much gay. I mean, you just can't admit it because we photographed him with uh, the same. For she's sir friendly with that guy. One guy, blah blah blah. And then, and I'm like, okay, well, any day now he's gonna come out as gay, and it's gonna be a huge story. And then yesterday I heard he's engaged to, um, who was it? Who's the famous? Mandy Moore. Nope. No, there's a celebrity. One of those types, like Mandy Moore. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. 
Right? Didn't you hear? Yeah. But he could be bisexual. Darn. He could have had a romantic Yeah, that's interest. true. And so she. But was, that she, also shows that we don't think in that mindset. We're very binary thinkers. Well, that's what I'm saying. Tallulah. Oh, not Tallulah. Uh, Hattie. Yeah, but could be. I want some proof. What do you want? A love letter? Is that what? Is that what it? Because even when you have those, you're kind of like, mm, I don't know. We had those with Lincoln, and you're like, those aren't gay. Not you, but wait. People. Are you saying you don't need any proof at all? You just need someone to accuse? No, I just think there's a, enough whispers out there that it's kind of like, okay, this is probably. I mean, but you could argue, you know, twenty years from now, we're going to say the same thing about Tom Cruise. I mean, he's always been well, whispered. Or John Travolta. Richard Gere. <laughs> Richard Gere. Richard Simmons. Well, there's a certain gerbil that's been telling everyone he's gay. All right. All right. We've, I think we've, we've, we've done what we've, oh, we've done enough damage here. We've outed someone who's not a lesbian or bisexual, and we've repeated a topic. Uh, so this episode was one for um, a bust. A, a bus for being an hour and 40 minutes. So thank you everyone for listening to our Kiki this week. Uh, we had a lot of fun and we hope you did too. Uh, if you enjoy our podcast, you'll also enjoy our, the podcast of our sound guy who keeps uh, our show in check and keeps it uh up and running spencer they have a podcast along with chris who you know from our show uh our spooky podcast and our rupee podcast you can check them out they're available on social media like facebook instagram and twitter uh and you know listen to us some more we'd love for you to come back and and hear what we've got to say in terms of lgbtq history um we we learn every week and we hope you do too and if you want to learn every day you can follow us on social media at let's talk about gay stuff on facebook and instagram and on twitter at let uh, at talk gay stuff you can also check out our website at let's talk about gay stuff.com um leave us a review tell us what you think um and if you want to do it in private because you're a security cat you can do it at uh you can send us email send us an email at Let's talk about gay stuff at gmail.com. We are all part of the Listen Works Network, and with, with that, we're here. We're queer. Let's get used to it.